Good morning everyone who's watching this morning uh, and hi to those who are watching at whatever time you're watching this. My name is Esther, I'm part of the Ebenezer Church family and I have the pleasure today of wrapping up the series on faith that we've been doing over the last few weeks. If you've missed any of the talks you can catch up on them on the website under talks and um, that is where they'll be. And today we're going to be looking at Hebrews 12, the first three verses and Hebrews is in the New Testament. And we're going to be thinking about faith. What about us? Now I'm just going to do a little recap. Uh, so if you have missed any of the talks, I'm just going to give you a little snapshot of what they're about. So we heard in the first uh, talk on faith from Other Esther. And she spoke about faith and creation. And she said that we are made in the image of God. That we are made to be in relationship with God, with others and with creation. We then heard from Emma, who talked on faith as generosity. As followers of Jesus, we are called to be generous, not just financially, but generous with our thoughts, our words and our actions. But we also have an incredibly generous God who is so giving. We then heard from Ben and he spoke on faith and doubt. And he said that faith isn't the level or the amount of certainty that we have. It's what we put our faith in. In. And as Christians, we put our faith in Jesus. We then heard from James who spoke on faith as resistance. And he said that as followers of Jesus, we are called to stand against injustice and inequality. Jesus stood up for those who were marginalised, who were treated differently because of their age, their disability, their gender, their race, and even their religion. And then last week we heard from Stu who spoke on faith, some perspective. He said that our faith should be one of an eyes wide open perspective. That light breaks forth through brokenness and strength comes from weakness. And he reminded us of those who are truly persecuted for their faith, yet they continue to follow Jesus. So let's now look at Hebrews 12. The words will appear up on the screen. It says this starting at verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now there is so much in those verses. You think, oh, three verses, how hard can it be to figure out what to say? There is loads. And I've just pulled out the bits that I felt God spoke to me most about, and that stuck out to me. But I would really encourage everyone to spend some time in these verses over the next week and just see what God is saying to you through them. Now these verses are written to encourage us to continue in faith whatever the struggles and difficulties that we may face. They remind us that Jesus is the supreme example of faith, that through his endurance on the cross and in the face of extreme suffering and opposition that he remained faithful. And it is this that the Hebrew, um, the writer of Hebrews relates to the situation of his readers then. 
But I also believe that this passage is incredibly relevant for us today. So how do we even get to a place of enduring like Jesus did? Well, the first thing that stuck out to me was that preparation is key to perseverance. Preparation takes time. It takes effort. It takes determination. It is an intentional act. And it made me think about people preparing for an obstacle race. The passage mentions a race, so let's think of it in this way. People that run a race generally will train, they'll prepare by working on their cardio, their strength and their agility. It generally means that when you're faced with those obstacles, you can handle it in a slightly more positive way because you believe what your body can do. When the obstacles get hard or they get tired, they may reflect on the training that they've done and think, do you know what? I can do this. I can get through this. They'll likely fuel their bodies with the right food before the race, so they've got the energy to keep going. And in between races, they're likely to keep themselves fit, just as a general way of life, so that they can maintain their fitness, their strength and agility, so that when they have their next race, their preparation is just maintenance. Just putting in one session down the gym isn't going to help people much during the race if they don't have that foundational level of strength and fitness. Now the passage tells us to run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And this word perseverance means to persist in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. To continually put in effort and determination. That's not an easy thing to do. But thankfully, I don't think God literally wants us to run, which is good because actually it's really hard and that's why I don't do it. People think I like running. I don't. It's, it's really hard. But maybe that's the point. When we follow Jesus, we'll face obstacles along the way and it may take time before we get over the obstacles that we face. There may be a delay in achieving success. But Jesus tells us to take up our cross and follow him. Crosses, but like this one, this one's a little bit different, are big, they're heavy, they're awkward to carry. But if following Jesus meant an easy life, then I think everyone would follow him. So what does preparing with God look like? To me, it means taking time to really understand and accept the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. Taking the time to know who Jesus is. Who is he? What is his character? What did he do? How did he live? To understand and accept the promise that God has made us that he will never leave us or forsake us. That he forgives us. Learning to recognise God's voice wherever we are. And we do that by being with him, by listening. It means reading the Bible, reflecting on it recognising how all of it points to Jesus, our Saviour, the Son of God, who is fully human, but also fully God. And the thing with preparation of this kind is it doesn't mean sitting for an hour and bam, you're done. You're going to know God, you're going to get the Bible, you're going to connect with him. 
It means regularly spending time with God. This means being intentional, making a choice and acting on that. This is how we fuel our faith. Just like runners in a race fuel their bodies with food, we fuel our faith with the goodness of God and the Bible. Preparation of this kind will help us keep our faith in Jesus and not lose heart or grow weary when the going gets tough. Even Jesus prepared. Before he started his ministry, he went away for 40 days and 40 nights to prepare. And even during his ministry, he would go away from the crowds and spend time with his father. If Jesus did it, how much more do we need to do it? Jesus knew that he would have to endure opposition, that he would have to endure the cross and the pain that came with that. But his preparation meant he didn't lose heart or faith in why he was going to suffer when the going got tough. So if spending time with God helps our preparation when we go through a difficult time, what else helps? Well, the passage talks about throwing off the things that hinder us and the sin or the wrongdoings that entangle us. These are the things that distract us, that slow us down and take us off course. It might be the love of money, addiction, greed, selfish ambition, materialism, lying, jealousy, anything that isn't in line with who Jesus is. All of us do wrong, even us who follow Jesus, we still do wrong. And actually, sometimes when things are hard, it is because of the choices that we ourselves have made. And these are the things that we need to say sorry to God for doing and to refocus ourselves on him and the race that he has marked out for us. I believe that God does have a plan for each of us and that actually can be really tough to hear, especially when we look at our lives and see how difficult they've been or continually are. I can't answer why some of us face more difficulties than others and I wouldn't dare try. But I do know that Jesus gets it and that he's with you right now in the struggles and the pain. And I just want us to pause for a minute and just reflect on some of the things I've said because I know I've said quite a lot and maybe for some of us the pain is really real and I would encourage you to ask God just to remind you that he's with you. It may be that some of us we want to reflect on what our preparation looks like. Are we intentional about spending time with God? For some maybe we need to reflect on what might be hindering us. What sin or wrongdoing are we entangled in? But it may be that you're watching this and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Then I'd encourage you to reflect on anything, whether there's anything in your life that hinders you right now. And I would just yeah, gently prompt you to tell God what that is and how it impacts you and ask him maybe to help you throw it off. So let's just spend a minute reflecting on these things.
Now I know a minute isn't that long, so I would encourage you just to spend some more time on this over the coming week. So the other thing that stuck out to me in this passage that will help us when we are going through a difficult time is to fix our eyes on where we are going. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Jesus knew where he was going. He knew the joy that was coming. He was going to be in heaven. He was going to be with his father, sat on the throne. And we as Christians are going towards Jesus and in difficult times, we have got to press into Jesus, not the difficulty or struggle that we are facing and enduring. Back to our runners. In an obstacle race, they keep their eyes up. They look ahead to where they are going. If they look down, they're likely to trip and fall. If they look to the side, they may run off course. And the duration of the race, that might not be that fun. It can be a bit tough. But looking to the end and knowing the joy that would be felt on completion is what spurs them on. I've done a few obstacle courses and you know what? I do like them, but sometimes they are hard. But knowing at the end I'm going to get a drink, I'm going to get a snack, I'm going to get a t-shirt. Well, that helps and that keeps me going. Also, maybe a bit of pride in that I don't want to give up. But the Christian life can be described as a marathon or an obstacle course, not a sprint. In a marathon, you can't see the end when you start, but if you continue, you continue to look towards the finish line. Just like followers of Jesus, we can't always see the finish line, especially when we're going through a difficult time. However, we encourage to keep going and to fix our eyes on Jesus. The second bit of this passage uses the word endure two times. The word endure means to suffer difficulties and struggles, to remain and to persevere. This is not an easy thing by any means. Who wants to remain in a difficult time? But the original listeners of this passage had experienced a notable period of persecution and they were reminded of how they kept their eyes fixed on Jesus. They looked at nothing else. Hebrews chapter 10, 32, verses 32, 35 and 36 say this. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Jesus is the initiator and leader of true faith since he opens the way to God and enables us to follow in his footsteps. However, this isn't always easy. Sometimes it takes all that we have to keep our faith in Jesus and not put it in other things. Yet when we put our faith in other things, it slows us down. It takes us off course. It can cause us to trip and fall. And even then, it won't necessarily take away the difficulty or the struggle that we are enduring. I want to share my own story of of endurance, I suppose is the best thing to call it. And this is something that I am still going through. And I've been going through this for over 10 years. And many of you won't even be aware of this. 
Um, so for over 10 years, I've struggled with disordered eating. And for quite a period of that, I struggled with body dysmorphia, which is where when I would look at myself in the mirror, I would see myself in a completely different way to how I really looked. And a lot of this stems from being bullied very severely growing up. And I didn't know who I was. It was a lack of identity, I suppose. But in the worst times of this disordered eating, I would fear eating out at people's houses or at a restaurant because I was out of control. I was convinced the biscuit I'd eaten had instantly made me gain weight. And I'd even avoid certain foods that were actually good for me. It was pretty bad. Now over the times, and more recently, I've had cognitive behavioural therapy that's specialised in eating disorders, and I've had private therapy, and I can say that I am actually in a much better place than I've ever been. Seeking professional help doesn't take away my faith in Jesus. It simply helped me understand where my struggles have come from. Having disordered eating doesn't mean that I don't have my faith. It doesn't mean that I don't pray enough. It's something that I live with. And hopefully one day I won't live with it. I've had days in the worst times when I would be on my knees begging Jesus to take it from me. What I would question and ask, why was I going through this? But I never got an answer to my why. Yet God would always remind me that he was with me, that I wasn't alone. The thing is, as I've pressed into God more, I no longer need to know the why. And I've stopped asking when my struggles will end. Because I've learned to rejoice in who Jesus is and the joy that comes from knowing him and the joy in knowing that what his sacrifice means for us. This may sound a bit weird, but my priority isn't to stop facing this struggle, isn't to uh, get over, get over, I don't know if that's the word, the disordered eating. My priority is to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus and to understand more about what hinders me in progressing and what choices I make or thoughts I have that may take my eyes off him. Because when I do take my eyes off Jesus and I take matters in my own hands, the struggle actually doesn't go. I just get really exhausted because I'm dealing with it on my own and I can't do that. So why do I keep focusing on Jesus even though I'm not fully free of this yet? It's because I truly believe that he is the son of God, that he died for me and that he's with me, with all of us, in our struggles, in our endurance. I believe that he knows how we feel because he endured far more than many of us can ever imagine or feel or understand. And I believe that he's right here with us in whatever we are going through. Even if at times it doesn't feel that way. Jesus, even on the cross, kept his eyes fixed on where he was going. He knew the joy set before him and he knew that he would sit at the right hand of the throne of God. The passage tells us so. Jesus knew the joy of knowing that his death means eternal life. For those of us who recognise that we have done wrong, that we say sorry for those things and we choose to accept, live like 
and follow Jesus. Preparation is key for endurance as it's fixing our eyes on Jesus. Jesus didn't say following him would be easy. So what do we do about this then? What does that mean for us right now? If you don't know Jesus, it means accepting that you've done wrong. Sometimes that's actually really hard to do. It means saying sorry for those things, asking God for forgiveness and accepting that forgiveness and asking Jesus to come into your life. It means making that commitment to follow him no matter the cost. For those of us that know Jesus, maybe it's about recognising what is hindering us and actually repenting of that. Realigning our focus of Jesus if we are looking elsewhere for hope. Maybe it's taking time out to be with God, to let him strengthen us and support us in our difficulties and struggles. But I think most of all, it's not trying to go through it alone. As Est said in the very beginning of the series, we're made to be in relationship with God and with others. <laughs>